All right, everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Blaze Cast. I'm Cantley Elliott here with a guest today, uh, Paul Garino. Paul, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I like that, the Blaze Cast. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a play on what we do. We've thought about changing it a couple of times, but, you know, I'm like, it, it sticks with us really well. So that's uh, so what, we're, what we're rolling with these days. So um, to start things off a little bit, you know, I, I, I kind of looked through your profile. You have a lot of interesting things. Um, you have a lot of ventures you're involved in. So kind of just talk about overall how you got involved in sports management. Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, I went to college for sports management um, when I was 19 years old. Uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year, I, I created a PG Sports Twitter page uh, just to tweet about sports. Uh, I, I wanted to have a foundation for after college, so I didn't have nothing. And my goal was always to be a sports agent. Um, and then from there, just building up the Twitter page and, and then, uh, kind of just building relationships with athletes. I'm, I'm from Connecticut. I would, I'd come out with like clothing and make like inspirational, uh, quotes on the t-shirts and motivational things like that. And then I started making clothing. And then from there, uh, reach out to the Connecticut pro athletes. Like I'd just DM them. This was before like Instagram even had DM. So it's like funny to like like prehistoric days but uh like i was i was mentioning people on facebook too like that would be the weird to people now i think uh and then uh just got them to wear my gear uh like sometimes if they didn't want to like actually post on their page i just like i was like yo could you send me a picture and then i would post it mm -hmm. so just like little things like that and then starting to build the relationships with them um <clears throat> pretty much started doing stuff for free for them just figuring out like helping them out with branding and like getting them on podcasts and articles and things like that and then uh you know realizing that could be like actual job and like marketing instead of just like agency where it's just like you negotiate their contracts but in terms of like marketing and like mm -hmm. help build their brand and obviously as you know everyone knows now that's like the most important thing to get like make more money um <clears throat> so yeah so like kind of that just fell into everything and then just built the relationships up with the athletes mm -hmm. started actually like you know managing them and marketing them and then I kind of do all different types of roles from helping them with social media, helping them get sponsorships, helping them get articles um, and podcast interviews and things like that. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. And then on the management side, also like in MMA and boxing, like I actually negotiate their contracts and things like that for their fights. It's really interesting just to see where tweeting about sports, or just posting about it can kind of take you. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of similar for me, too. So, like, when I started um, working for the news and everything, I was, like, tweeting about sports and doing podcasts and stuff like that, like, toward the end of my time in college. So, my last maybe, like, year or two in college, we, you know, we did a podcast. Um, I worked for the SID department. So, I was, like, covering games, writing stuff for them. And it really is just funny to see, you know, if you stick with that, where it can take you. And I always think it's cooler, too, when you start your own thing and you're not – because, I mean, you, you have, like, the ownership of it, and you can kind of have, like, the creative control of, like, you know, what you want to do and the directions you go with it. So just hearing you talk about that, that sounds, like, very similar to kind of the way I'm going with everything. So it's just cool to see somebody else doing that. Yeah, for sure. And then I think, like, this right now, we're on podcasts, and I have my yeah. own podcast, and I started um 2018 just because same thing. Like, people were saying, like, oh, you know so many people. Like, why don't you do something else with them? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, and then I started the podcast and then just started interviewing people. And I like listening to interviews. That's another reason why, like, I go back instead of like, 
you know, I don't really like, I'm not like a reader. So like, instead of that, like I used to like listen to a lot of podcasts and just like, mm-hmm. like my favorite players or athletes or whatever, and just like see like from their viewpoint, how they got there and things like that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, hearing all the things that you're you know involved in with athletes, as far as, you know, sponsorships, podcast appearances, things like that. Um, just in terms of your role, what does success look like for you? It's funny. I had a guy on last week. He's actually an artist and he's from Iowa, lives out in LA now. And I was like, you know, usually when you're an athlete, there's almost these kind of benchmarks that you can hit, whether it be a championship, Hall of Fame, whatever, the kind of, you know, scream success. But I think when you're in a role like you are or more of a creative role where it's not a lot of wear and tear on your body and you can kind of keep it going, you know, success looks different for us, I think. So what does it look like for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, to that point, it's like I I think about stuff sometimes and it's like, you know, now that I'm getting older and like guys – and girls that I work with are are retiring and it's like weird. And I'm just like, well, I could do this forever technically. So it's like, so that's like weird to think about. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like, that's a whole another avenue is retired, retired athletes are becoming more relevant. I'd say now to get other gigs too. So that's like a whole new avenue of, of my venture as well. Uh, what does success look like? I like that question because I think a lot of people, sometimes they don't feel like they're successful because like, maybe they're not, they look at other people and things like that. But the way I look at it uh, is I, I usually evaluate it and I look at the year before and what, like, what, like right now, like what am I doing in September, 2022 or October, 2022? Like, did I progress from there? And I think progression is a success. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of giving yourself a time to reflect is always definitely important. And then even to like, you know, look, look ahead, you know, what do I want to do maybe a year from now? And, you know, the long-term and short-term goals are always important to look at. Yeah, like um, one, year, one year isn't a lot, obviously, but one yeah. year, a lot of stuff could change. Like, a lot of stuff, like, for example, like, one of my clients, Anthony Taylor, like, who was an MMA fighter by trade and now is in, in this influencer boxing scene. And, in like, one and a half years, he went from, like, you know, just a, a regular average MMA fighter to, like, mm. one of the biggest influencer boxers. And, uh... And now he actually just got to buy his first house from that. So it's like a cool story. Yeah. He got to call yeah. me the other day and it was like dope. Yeah. It's almost like you can't under you can't undervalue the like to like the little steps every single day because I think sometimes people look at those little things and they're like, oh well, this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. But the longer you do those, I mean they really do, they add up. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely add up. Um, so looking at your page, I'm a big hip hop fan. And I like the fact that you did an interview with Nelly because I always tell people when I talk about, you know, early hip hop and stuff, to me, Nelly seems like a guy who he, I don't think Nelly gets the credit he deserves. I actually really, I love Nelly's old music and some of his newer stuff's okay too. But um, yeah. what was it like interviewing him, talking to him? You know, how was he an inspiration to you? Yeah. So uh, he, yeah, he's my favorite rapper, artist, whatever you want to say. Um, people always make fun of me for that. And then, yeah, three years, it took me three years to get him on my podcast. Um, but I got him on. Yeah. Um, I think the same thing, like he's uh influencer, influencer uh, before the, before all that, because he'd done all the stuff that rappers like are trying to do now. Like he's done brand deals. He came out with his own products. He, he did collabs crossover collabs with country singers like nobody nobody's doing that like he had i'm pretty sure besides uh you know run dmc and then i think he was the first rapper to get uh uh his own shoe reebok like 
shit's cra- like it's crazy yeah uh, when you think about it and you just go down and like i i made a list of his accolades when i started the podcast and read them off to him and he was just like laughing and uh no it was really cool to interview him uh he didn't know how, like how big of a fan i was until like after um and i told him like how long it took me and then he was like won't take you three years again like let me know whenever so that was yeah. cool so yeah overall i think he's underrated uh to an extent um and i think even like you know he he's from st louis and i think you know obviously if he was in a bigger market new york like he would have been even bigger and then even social media obviously if he was in the social media area he'd be bigger but at the same time he sold uh besides eminem uh i believe he's the only other rapper to uh have a diamond album yeah like this country, country grammar yeah. yeah and he's about to have a second one too because uh his second album is in the like eight or nine million sold too so like eventually that will get to he'll have two diamond albums yeah it's actually funny because not long ago i was looking at the uh best-selling rap albums of all time and it really is just funny when you see like nelly in there and i think what blows me away with that is the fact that that was like the physical you know go buy physical yeah. albums of it's not as easy as like streaming it is for now so i'm like the yeah. fact that nelly could get eight nine ten million people to go buy physical <laughs> copies and like him and eminem are only like the certain rappers to do things it really puts it in perspective you know what he did but I do agree with you. I think if he wasn't a bigger market, I mean, he, yeah, his, yeah, he would have been crazy. Yeah. I'm still waiting for like, I, I think he has one more hit that something's going to happen, but I, I think he just needs to collab with someone big. Like I yeah. think he needs to collab with like, like a Drake or something like to get it. Like, I just, I'm surprised like he hasn't had a big collab recent, like in the recent years. Did you have uh, the sweat in the suit album and you put them yeah. together? And it was, you had those? Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I, know. I love those. Yeah, that even that he came out with two albums in one day. Like, I don't know who else did that. I think obviously people come out with like a bunch of. I mean, nowadays you know it's about all coming out with singles, right? Yeah, everything now is just really driven on singles and like TikTok, and because there's so many people I talk to who they'll be like, "Oh, like I know this song from TikTok and everything," and I'm like, "Dude, yeah, like no." Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you too is actually looking at your the 30 day LinkedIn Sports Challenge that you did uh, how long ago was that you did that because you had a couple on there that were pretty interesting yeah so i think last year was the first year of that and this year um it just ended this year so and i like that and that um you know it's always hard to think about content and what to post mm-hmm. but like that one it's kind of easy because it gives you a question so then like when i always think about that i'm like if i had a question for every day like i could post every day yeah yeah, no, it was it was cool some of the answers and you know some of the things I think that you were coming up with during that time. But the thing that stuck out to me was um, you know, social media and how that's such a big asset for athletes and stuff these days and you talk about how you manage it. Um, how like what is it like for athletes to ignore social media because I'm sure at some point, you know, you, you you ignore the negativity, but do you ever have to ignore the positive as well? Do you think like, you know, not getting too high and not getting too low is that is that important for them? uh yeah for sure i think um yeah i think always looking at other other people seeing like what they're doing i think that's like a good and bad thing for everybody just because like you're always comparing yourself and trying to get to that and you know sometimes you just realize you're you're not that and you're still building even though sometimes you could have like viral tweets or viral videos and things like that um yeah i think it's uh, there's just like a balance of it so how often do the athletes you manage, like how often do they get on social media? Like do you handle a lot of that work or do they just kind of 
you know, what's what's it like? Yeah, so um, I'd say like maybe five years ago, I used to do more of the actual posting and stuff like that. I still mm -hmm. do it for some of them. Uh, I think more now it's more of kind of like advising them what to do and, okay. and like, you know, sending them content and things like that, not actually posting, but sometimes, you know, help, helping them out with captions and things like that. Okay. Uh, and, and then also like timing. And then especially with the brand deals, you know, actually i always like to over deliver with the brands like you know if they're looking for three uh stories like let's do four or like let's like let's impress them or things like that and i think that's one thing that uh even like with boxing sponsorships i i had like i think one of the quickest turnaround was like a week and it was like uh this betting company and they were like yeah. impressed that we got it done in like a week and got everything done on his trunks and got the logo on so that was cool. Like I, I want to, I want to prove to them even like, cause I'm a smaller agency. So I want to prove to them that it's almost better to work with me than bigger agencies. Cause we're, I, I'm going to actually talk to the athlete like directly and, you know, not a million people in their heads and hands and all that stuff. So in yeah. little things like that, like I've seen it, like I've worked with a partner recently and they're like, and they just got into combat sports and, and they didn't realize how many, you know, in, in combat sports is a little different than the quote unquote traditional sports because I'd say it's like dirtier. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just like they have middlemen and all these managers and they have multiple. It's not like you're signed to an agency usually with boxers and things like that. So it's like and they they like to work with me because they knew I actually could call the guy right now and be like, all right, we're going to do this in X, Y and Z and execute it. Yeah, it's almost like when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, it just yeah, gets yeah. With, with anything. It just gets it can get messy. Yeah, For I sure. think that's one of the biggest things I honestly learned just about business. Like, I think less, less people that could produce more efficient con like yeah. content and work in general is just better. Yeah, no, that definitely is true. Because there was there was a point where I wanted to have almost everybody I was friends with kind of involved with what I was doing. But then when you realize it doesn't always work like that, and you start to kind of you know people start to weed themselves out, it, it kind of it's it's easier to work with a little bit. And yeah, and I'm sure you realize it um, as an entrepreneur yourself is just like, I think, you know, they're like, we have friends that are just content with doing nine to fives. Yeah. Which I'm like, there's, there's Mike Bay. That's yeah. totally cool. But, you know, I think, because yeah. even, I think you're a person too. When I look at my social media feed or just stories or something, I'll always see you doing something, it feels like. And mm -hmm. I actually had a conversation with one of my friends last night at work about just, when I go through Instagram stories now, there's just so many people I have to like mute or something just because, and it's not anything, you know, personal. I just don't want to see you, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing. And it's not really, it doesn't have any value to me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And that's just kind of the point I've gotten to. But like I said, when I see you posting and all the stuff you're doing and just how active you are and it feels like your stuff is always on point and you hit a certain audience, you know, that's, that's just good to see. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, before we get out of here, I want to ask you real quick, you know, do you have any projects coming up this year or, you know, what should we be on the lookout for coming up next from you? Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I'd say the biggest event, uh, Anthony Taylor, who I mentioned is fighting on the prime card, which is KSI and Logan Paul double main event in the UK. Uh, it might legit break the most pay-per-view buys for any boxing event. Cause I looked it up last night actually. And, Floyd versus uh, Pacquiao was uh, four point two million, but these guys that are on the card, like I already looked it up, and it's like, you know, they have all combined following who's on the card is yeah. like over like like 
150 million followers. So it's like, wow, if they don't break it, like it's almost a problem. But so I think, I think it's going to happen. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah. I just, there's a lot of boxing stuff. Um, and then uh, I think um, uh, I don't do, I don't do, I don't really push my merch that much, but I did come out with some stuff this past summer and I was like coming out with, you know, little collections. Um, I also, did a hockey shoot with uh, Adam Ernie, who's one of my clients who's on the Oilers currently that I'm dropping once hockey season starts in like a couple weeks. Okay. Uh, so that's a little project dropping that. And then, Oh, actually going back to the music, since we touched on that, I came out with a, a mixtape in 2018, not me rapping, but like I had a bunch of my friends rap my design, like chip on my shoulder consistency is key. And they wrote songs yeah. about it. And, uh, and then more people wanted to do it. And obviously it's been uh, you know, almost five, six years now. So I, I always said I'm going to do the second one. So that's one of my future plans to get that second album out or mix. That's very, that's very unique. That's, that's, that's a good way to push it though. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little different, you know, and you know, you always want music for your content. So that's why right. I work. So. Man, I, I got to get with you on some of these uh, marketing ideas and stuff. Like that's crazy. That's a good idea. Yeah. No, that's I appreciate. One. Yeah, that's why, yeah. and that's why I like doing different. Like I, even with the NFT stuff when that was big, I was all into that. I did a bunch of different sponsorships with that. that like people weren't thinking like that. It was so funny. Like people weren't thinking about the regular world when they're in Web three. They yeah. weren't thinking of Web two. Like I got uh, one. It was like a charity slash sponsorship. Uh, it was called uh, Rumble Cons. They did a partnership with Paul George, and then I. I uh, pitched them to sponsor a WNBA player. I work with Crystal Dangerfield. And then I was like, yeah, we'll get it painted on her shoes. So that was the first WNBA player to wear an NFT on her shoes. Wow. Yeah. It's great. It's crazy how much goes in behind the scenes. That we just, we just don't see. Yeah. It's crazy. Sure. Definitely. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate it. Um, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. This is a great combo. Um, you can find me at PG Sports, uh, or you can find me on my personal at PCG7. And make sure you, uh, you know, send me some of your content to like your links for everything when it's done, and I'll try to share them on our page as well. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, Paul. Well, thank you so much for joining it. And everybody, thank you for tuning into the Blaze Cast. We'll see you next time.